good evening, Vixies, and good evening, Jesse. Um, sorry, I surprised Hello. you. <laughs> it is Tuesday <laughs> again, so here we are recording. Uh, end of the year here. Uh, it's maybe a little bit aggressive that we're recording Christmas week and honestly not sure when it's going to get released, uh, maybe before the new year. And either way, I think it's uh, a perfect time for us to you know, reflect a little, but also kind of get in gear and get ready for another new year in front of us. And, um, you know, maybe there's new people we should be listening to or new ways to improve ourselves because, you know, we, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably agree with us that we're as individuals, the only ones that can really be responsible for improving oneself, one's health, one's position in the world. You know, there might be other ways and people that, you know, can help us get a leg up, but honestly, it's really up to us to uh, take care of ourselves. And so with that being said, um, <laughs> so we have our guest tonight. His name is Sal Stefano. He is maybe better known um, if we reshare some of his memes and stuff uh, on Instagram as Mind Pump Sal. He's a co-host of the podcast, uh, Mind Pump. Uh, Mind Pump TV is also something you guys do. Um, so he's one of four kind of fitness gurus that sort of take a critical look at, you know, what the fads are, what the trends are, and even maybe what the quote unquote science is in the fitness world. So, you know, anybody that kind of has a little bit of a critical lens on, um, what might be considered established, you know, it might be worth, uh, looking into. And then also, you know, how I came across you originally is that, Sal likes to spit libertarian, you know, Austrian economic based memes. Thank As you for thank you for acknowledging that too. I love that. <laughs> oh yeah. Like that's why is Sal here tonight? Because I started seeing his memes and um you know, I'll give a shout out to my brother who is also a personal trainer um here in the, here in Maryland. And so he's the one who turned me on to you and your podcast and like your whole crew. So, and all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, like somebody else in the fitness world kind of understands like his yeah. viewpoint is how my brother was feeling. And um, he was like, man, you got to check this guy out. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. That's really cool. You know, what's funny is that uh, I don't know if you got, if you both have noticed this, but people in the fitness space or people who are really in genuine ways, um, you know, have good relationships with fitness and nutrition tend to lean more towards the pro-liberty side. I think you learn that when you're taking your own health um, into your own hands and, and the mm -hmm. things you have to accept that you can't change and focusing on the things that you can. Um, and then when you get into it, you start to realize that there's a lot of lies out there in terms of what'll help you. I, you know, I, it's funny. We just did a podcast today on the, I think it was the eight people you should not listen to <laughs> Oh, in man. fitness. And one of them was the government. One of them was the government. And this is true now. If This is factually true. If you had followed the government's recommendations for health in terms of nutrition mm -hmm. over the last couple decades, you'd probably be sick and, and unhealthy. Yeah. Um, and, yes. so, and we've seen that firsthand. We've seen them just like uh, margarine's better than butter. Um, you know, whole eggs are bad. Only eat egg whites. You got to eat fat-free milk because whole milk is whatever. We now know it's the complete opposite of what they said. And so if you're into fitness, you start to put this stuff together. Plus, you take your own health into your own hands and you feel empowered. And so it's just natural. It's natural you see that, which is probably why you see more people in fitness who are pushing back with uh, the weirdness that's been happening for the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah. since um, just basically all the recommendations for COVID have been detrimental and you know talking about health <laughs> yeah just mentioning that you can't uh not even mentioning that vitamin d for example would be beneficial that's one of yeah. the most important things i think we've completely forgotten yeah um the what they've done and what they've said very um i guess it's expected right uh government officials or, or the governments in general tend to uh, take advantage of situations, I guess, for lack of a better term. So mm -hmm. we have this kind of emergency that thing that's going on, it's real. And what a great opportunity to pass, you know, crazy legislation or, you know, get people to do things you normally wouldn't get them to do. Um, and a lot of it is very strange, a bit gaslighting. I'm, I, if, actually, I do feel like I've been gaslighted several times now by the, some of the recommendations. 
Um, you know, coming from my space, the, the fitness and health space, and I'll connect the two here. Um, one big thing that you see or that we notice in our space is that you have science that comes out about what's healthy, what's not healthy. But if you don't put it in the context of human behavior, it doesn't mean anything, right? So uh, a study could come out and say that, you know, um, swimming at three o'clock in the morning in a cold lake is super effective for, you know, fat loss, right? It doesn't matter because no, nobody's going to want to do, you know, swim in a lake, <laughs> a cold lake at 3 a.m. Or Pass. to be more specific, study, you know, artificial sweeteners sweeten food without calories and sugar. This is true. So theoretically, if you replace your, the sugar in your diet with artificial sweeteners, you'll lose weight because your calories are lower. And in real world uh, studies where people are off, you know, living their lives and they make the choice to replace sugar with artificial sweeteners, we see no weight loss. And it's not because lower calories doesn't help with weight loss. It does. But it's because of human behavior where people replace those calories with other calories. There was this um, town. I don't remember what it was. I love this. I read this article once on this town that passed this law where all fast food restaurants and restaurants had to post the calories uh, next to each food because they were mm -hmm. trying to get people to lose weight. And what they ended up finding was that people actually ate more calories. And so they said, how is this possible? Like, you know, they see that the burger is 800 calories and the salad is 500 calories. Why aren't people making the choice? Well, because human behavior is this. I go to the restaurant and I look at the salads, 500 calories. and I go, wow, the burger's only 300 more calories. I'll pick that one. Bingo. So it actually caused the opposite. And so uh, what they're doing right now is, is there, there's no context of human behavior. That is not, no unintended consequences are being considered. And in, in my scenario with health and fitness, um, they are completely ignoring the, forget the immune boosting benefits of being healthy and fit. That's mm -hmm. obvious. Forget that for a second. How about the mental health effects that you get from mm -hmm. movement? And, and what we're seeing right now seems to be not just a pandemic of uh, virus, but a pandemic of mental illness. Um, mm -hmm. And it's in all ages is exploding because of what's happened and a lot of it being forced upon us. Like, why, why are we shutting gyms down? Why are we telling people to exercise more? Why aren't we? It's crazy. It's really wild. So yeah, good, good time to talk about this stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, still relevant. Like it was funny because Jesse and I, so Jesse's a nurse and I work um, sort of in a weird, like linchpin position between the legal and medical world. And I've got like a scientific background as well. And so like she and I, just like I mentioned before we started recording, we had unpopular political opinions um, for our fields before March, 2020. And even like, you know, February, 2020, we were probably, we were already definitely like paying attention and we already heard about, you know, this thing mm -hmm. called coronavirus uh, coming out, or, you know, the COVID-19 specifically coming out of China. And, um, you know, I know I was kind of like mentioning it to my doctor expert folks in my circle and it was no big deal. And I was like, mm, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, maybe it's something we should at least be aware of and, you know, it would probably be fine. But, um, and then all of a sudden, like it went 360 and it was just like, or no, 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 180. I'm 180. not going <laughs> <laughs> to geometry. I actually was never good at geometry, but, um, so all of a sudden it was like a 180 and it was basically like, oh, well, we need to stay in our homes and be locked down for this because, you know, we just don't know. And, I'm like, well, that seems pretty extreme. And actually, if it's the government making this advice, that sounds fishy to me because I know how terrible they are at just about everything, especially when it comes to making a person or a population healthy because of exactly what you already, you know, pointed out, Sal. <laughs> we, I know about the food pyramid. It's garbage. And um, it's terrible. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the biggest um, culprits for severe illness is not being unvaccinated. It's age uh, and your health. So obesity, uh, do you have chronic health issues? There are some studies that show that uh, being low in the master antioxidant glutathione, being low in vitamin D and, and zinc can also cause uh, you know, increases of risk of severe illness. That, and that's, that's all, this is all factual. By the way, I'm not mm -hmm. a, you know, I'm not a weird conspiracy theorist. I'm not an anti-vax or anything like that. I, I just think that if you take a, um, 
if you take an objective eye, if you kind of take yourself out of the politics and the fear, that's really important because mm-hmm. they're really, they're really beating the fear drum really hard. Mm-hmm. So if you take yourself out of that and just look at contradicting information that's coming from the same sources, like I'll give like one example, uh, for example, they try and they're trying to pass a mandate for vaccines for companies with over a hundred employees but they don't consider natural immunity. That's very strange and inconsistent. So if the rationale is we're going to try to protect people or reduce severe illness, reduce the, the load on the hospitals. Now, I'm not for force anyway, no matter what. However, mm-hmm. let's just say, fine, let's look at the rationale there. Why aren't we counting natural immunity, which in the best studies has been shown to be at least as good and in some cases better or better. lasting longer? Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. So that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. There's also the inconsistencies with the, with, with the mask uh, mandates. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, here's a great example, right? Like you have a, a kid that goes to second grade. So they're all required to wear masks uh, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Now, now you look, you're uh, Jess, you're a nurse, right? Right. Okay. Okay. There's a, there's a protocol to how to utilize and use a mask properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to make them work. Because if you don't use them properly, it's a waste of time, right? Right. Okay. So you have a bunch of second graders where, you know, <laughs> I have kids, right? It's hard to keep your shoes on the second grader sometimes, <laughs> let alone a mask. So now you've got these kids wearing masks, which is a waste of time. And if anything, probably increases the amount of time they touch their face and yeah. do all that stuff. Meanwhile, not considering the, the following, right? How much, of, how much brain development is dedicated to reading faces and emotions among your peers, that's a, that's, a, that's a huge part of the brain, the human brain. This is why humans can make faces out of anything. If you've ever looked at a car or a, a, you know, a weird pillow and you can see a face, oh, yeah. that's because there's a, a, a lot of your brain is dedicated to being able to make faces out. And then not only that, but read facial expressions. And a lot of your permanent brain development happens when you're a child. Nobody considers that. Nobody's considering those unintended consequences. So you know, I don't care where you stand, um, just look at the inconsistencies and then you have to admit like, this is really weird. Like a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. I don't think there's this crazy ulterior motives, except for maybe, uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, the unholy alliance between big business and big government. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there's a lot of overreacting virtue signaling. Um, and then, Hey, this is a great time to, to give some money to our special interest friends oh, yeah. with these massive spending bills because uh, <laughs> nobody questions spending when you're scared or yeah. emergency I mean, spending oh that's, i mean that's the word they need <laughs> you know we it's like we forgot what happened after september 11th september 11th was the last i guess big scary thing that happened it, it wasn't worldwide so it was maybe not as scary but it was scary for americans mm-hmm. i mean we invaded iraq like what did iraq have to do with so nothing nothing they had nothing right. to do with it. we you know we passed laws that basically destroyed due process uh, for going through your emails or if they decide that they think you're a terrorist, they could throw you in jail forever and not mm-hmm. tell anybody. That's what we passed because we were scared. So it's like people don't realize that. They don't see what's going Like that's the stuff we need to look out for. And then look, you know, um, you act in ways that are responsible for yourself. And if you own a business or you own a home and you don't want to let people in or you don't want to let people in unless they're vaccinated, I mean, it's totally up to you. It's your, it's your choice. Um, but, you know, that's it. Like these, these mandates are very strange. They don't consider any of the unintended consequences. We can already see what the ramifications are, but we're still ignoring them. So everybody's still. Yeah. And, and right now they're beating the fear drums really hard again. I don't know. Did you guys see that White House? Uh, what the White House sent out? Purposely. Yeah. Oh, we saw. Oh, yeah, it was perfect. I saw the. I saw the text. Like you know, the <laughs> message. I, I was going to say, I purposely ignored any actually. It's, any it's, actual it's audio we're living today. in a movie right now. Like that is not real. It just doesn't seem real. How well, bad this is. Well, just to highlight the insanity of it. So it said something along the lines of like, um, "Hey, for everybody, we're going to get through this together." Blah blah blah. And then there was a part that said, "For the unvaccinated." expect a winter of illness and death. and death. I mean, it was literally one of the most terrible, fearful things I've ever heard in my entire life. Awful. Now, this imagine- is what it actually says. It says, okay. for the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. 
Yeah. Okay. So now let's just, let's look at this logically besides the fact that it's terrible leadership, like let's just freak everybody out. What, what kind of idiot president wants to, anyway, but let's just forget that for a second. Yeah. <laughs> let's change, let's change it a little bit and keep it accurate. So the accurate, what they're trying to say is if you're unvaccinated, you're more likely to die if you get sick and you're more likely to contract the disease, right? So that's what they're trying to say. So let's use something else that means the exact same thing, right? Instead of saying for the unvaccinated, what if it said for the obese and those with chronic illnesses and then everything else the same, right? Could you yeah. imagine the, could you imagine the reaction? Now, it, it just is true, yeah. by the way. If you're overweight, you're more likely to catch the disease and get s- severely sick and spread it. Yeah. But they, would never, they don't put that in there, do they? You're not Why? allowed because to fat shame. Well, right. they, don't have, they don't have a bill they can pass to solve that or a pill that they could yeah. sell you. Right? So wild, totally wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, also for your rap sheet uh, audience, uh, Sal also recently is a survivor himself. <laughs> you survived the great <laughs> plague. So Jesse and you both have that in common. You survived the great plague and uh, are here to tell yeah. the tale. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know what though. Um, so your your my audience knows this, but your audience may not. I have some hypochondria, like hypochondria, a little bit of hypochondria, so some tendencies in that way, right? The scariest possible thing for me, anxiety-wise, is literally the pandemic. Like that's the happen, and I'm like, oh my god, it's my worst nightmare. I'm, I I don't like people getting sick around me. I have a fear of getting sick. Ah, uh, this totally sucks, right? So I had all this fear around it. Then I got COVID. Um, it was mild for me and my family got over it and my anxiety kind of lifted and I felt a lot better. That being said, I still, even before when I was felt the anxiety around it, you know, I said this, it's, un, it, this was early on too. I think this probably about a year into it. I said, this is not going away. And we know this now for sure. It's endemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have to learn to deal with it. Like, what am I going to do? I can't be afraid all the time. There's, there's no way to live. I hope to live another 40 years. Like, I'm going to have to deal with it and just learn to accept it and live with it. And that's, I think, the stage we're at for everybody. That's, mm-hmm. It's time to do that. Like, I'm not trying to downplay the severity. Like, it could be bad for some people. I lost a friend for, mm-hmm. uh, to COVID, but it's not going anywhere. So we got to just, we can't keep living this way. It's crazy. Yeah. It's not good. We're all going to die from the, the side effects of living this way before, we die of, before everybody dies of COVID. Vast and that's that's been happening. So that's a, that's the sad thing. Is it yeah, it's, has it's, happened. Yeah, it's terrible. You know, with my podcast, obviously we're health and fitness. We really felt a strong responsibility when this all happened to help people with the 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 to help them get the mental and emotional benefits of exercise because you know, yes, most people's goals are lose weight, look better. But um, I, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been training people for over two decades. And the most uh, important benefits you get from regular exercise and activity that's appropriate and having a good, healthy relationship with, with nutrition is better mental health. Um, you're more, the filter that you see the world through is a little different. It's more positive. Mm-hmm. Um, the lows don't seem as low. The highs are great. You feel less anxious, more empowered. You know, when you get physically stronger, you also just feel more secure as a person. Um, And so we really felt the responsibility, like, okay, let's talk about this with people. And so we started to talk about things like uh, short, you know, multiple times a day workout. So instead of working out, you know, for an hour, you know, every other hour, do a 10 minute you know, combination of exercises. And what we tried to do really is model what we've observed in clients of ours and, and in friends that used exercise as a way to cope with being in prison. If you talk to anybody mm. who's ever been in prison, uh, people who've made it out and been successful afterwards, they, they have strategies when they're in prison uh, that involve usually spiritual practices and exercise. Mm-hmm. And what they do with exercise is they do small bouts of it throughout the day. And what it did is, in, you know, there was one person in, in, in particular that I talked to about it. And he said, you know, it, because the days were so, there was nothing going on and it was so hard. 
it gave me something to look forward to and something to complete. It broke my day up. I got these little boosts of, you know, better mood and positivity throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So we recommended, you know, people do that. We did some episodes on that. We got a lot of great feedback. Um, but I, I think that we, that people, people in my space right now, we got to do a good job because we're needed more than ever because it's, uh, this is like, this is one of the most, um, I guess, mentally challenging and emotionally challenging times I think a lot of people are going through. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. I think uh, the point about, like, <laughs> it's very appropriate that uh, you guys especially were, like, you know, trying to give your audience um, how to deal with being imprisoned. And that's exactly what the government did to all of us. And so... That's a pretty, even though, you know, we kind of talked about it, we were basically being imprisoned and, um, you know, it felt like we were stuck in a cage. I mean, I kind of tried to go live my life as much as I possibly could, um, but, you know, was working remotely because everybody was scared to death. And, um, but I mean, wow. I, I think it goes to show like just how important that is and that aspect. And then, you know, for them to have closed down gyms and, um, you know, I think I, I listened to Ian Smith was on a podcast and um, that's his name, right? Attila's Jim. Yep. And yeah. totally didn't know about him, but he was in prison and that's yeah. when he got into fitness mm. and that whole like person, that figurehead that we know and like, you know, <laughs> the brave voice he's been throughout this whole ep episode, this era, um, you know, like fitness was what got him to kind of turn his life around and you know yeah. improve the lives of so many other people so yeah it's it's the most um it's the most unassuming yet one of the most effective uh personal growth tools that you can ever use and nothing's perfect right so you could abuse exercise you could have a dysfunctional relationship with it with you know body images and stuff like that but done properly it's it's such an effective personal growth um, tool. Mm -hmm. And it's, a, it's unassuming because, you know, approach, if most people don't approach fitness, even realizing that that's going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So most people that will do a spiritual practice, mm -hmm. or they'll talk to a therapist, they, they, they know they're about to get into some personal growth stuff, right? Yeah. But a lot of people get into fitness and like, oh, I want to lose weight. Oh, I want to get in better shape, right? But then if they stick to it, and they do a good job, and they, they figure out how to do it, they start to well, um, what are the lessons you learn in it? Well, you have to accept what you can't change. That's a really big lesson you learn in mm -hmm. fitness. So like, you, you know, at first you get into it, you're like, I want to look like this person on the magazine or this fitness <laughs> influencer. And then you do it, do it, do it. And you, and you like it. And you realize like, you know what? That's not going to happen. I'm me, but I love this. I'm going to keep going. So now you've got this acceptance. It's really cool. This, that's a great lesson to learn in life. It's a great stoic, uh, part of stoic philosophy. That, mm -hmm. you know, don't focus on the things you can't change. That's kind of a, a waste of time. You start to realize that if you want things to happen, you have to take the initiative and you have to do the work and it hurts uh, and it's hard, right? That's kind of what you learn from fitness. You also develop a different relationship with challenge. Um, you know, when, you, when I would first start training a client, you would see them, you know, really shy away from the burn, the soreness, but then as they get it, the pain doesn't go away. It hurts for me just as much as it does for someone else. I just have a different relationship with it, right? Mm -hmm. That's a very powerful personal growth, um, you know, lesson to, to kind of change. Like, for example, I'll give you a great example. If you look at the physiological effects of anxiety and you compare them to the physiological effects of excitement, they're mm -hmm. almost identical, almost identical. The, the big difference is the perception of those feelings. Like if you've ever fallen in love for all intents and purposes, that's literally the feeling of anxiety. The difference is that I, I, I have a good relate. Like this feels good because I'm in love rather than I'm scared. Right. But it's the same thing, cold, sweaty hands, heart beating, you know, you can get dizzy. Like, so how you, your relationship to pain through exercise does change. And that helps you through other struggles in life. I've had clients tell me that many mm -hmm. times. Uh, I've noticed that um, you learn to, uh, you learn to deal with failure. Uh, you have to deal with failure. You're not going to, it's, it's not going to be great right out the gates. You're not going to be consistent right away, but you stick to it, you get back on it. So you learn, you know, that whole process. Um, so it's really cool. And then you, then you, you get to, you respect others more when you see them doing 
these types of things because you know how challenging mm -hmm. it is and what that looks like and it's really great and so it's a great tool for that you know that's why as a trainer i mean obviously my views are quite libertarian um but i had clients that were super liberal i had clients that were like super you know old school conservative and but but we all got along through this medium of self-improvement and fitness um and it was really awesome so it's uh again I, I one of the main reasons why i love it i think that's one of the reasons why liberty was so appealing to me was because i got that i understood some of that through because you know you know what you see in in, in the fitness space too maybe not in the fitness space, but in, in the context of the fitness space is you get the, um, you'll hear like, you know what? Um, I'm 80 pounds overweight because, it, because of my genetics or yeah, I, you know, I, I can't do that, 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 that's not going to work for me. Or, you know, that person over there was born that way, or it's like, or, you know what? It's so easy for them. It would be so hard for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's some truth to, to all of that. But the bottom line is, okay, you know, now what? Like, yeah, you got to do it yeah, and you you'll benefit from it still. Yeah. There's people stronger than me. I've been working out for, since I was a kid to be as strong as possible. Well, there's girls stronger than me who <laughs> compete at high levels. So <laughs> what? Like, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing it. Right. Uh, there's people older than me that are stronger than me, smaller than me. Um, you, 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 I think it, it kind of primed me. To understand and then i i've been an entrepreneur since i was mm. 21 and uh it's really hard to not be somewhat pro free market when you own a business i think you mm -hmm. really start to see things a little <laughs> yeah a little bit differently and you start to understand things and then because i i'm very uh open-minded i guess you could say i was very liberal socially um although that means something different i think nowadays but um, what that means to me is, uh, yeah, if you're not hurting me, you're not stealing from anybody, um, you're not hurting others, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, I might not even, I might not like what you're doing, but I don't really have a right to force you to not do it, you know? And so I, you know, that, so it all kind of came together. I had a client that I trained that actually, I think I was, let me see, I was in my twenties. I want to say my early twenties and we were talking and I, we were talking politics a little bit and he goes, who, you know, how do you vote? I said, God, you know, I'm always confused. And he says, well, what do you mean? I said, well, this guy over here is talking about, you know, loosening regulations and allowing the market to, to thrive and let business do their thing. And I get that. But then he's like, I don't want gay people to get married. And I'm like, I don't, that's not for me. And this guy <laughs> over here is like, Hey, we should let people, marry who they want and you know if you want to smoke weed then that's up to you and the government has no but he wants to like hyper regulate tax everything which doesn't make sense so I, I didn't understand who i should vote for and he goes oh he goes watch this and he gave me a, a link for ron paul oh man <laughs> <laughs> yes that was my introduction and i i watched uh i forgot what video it was i think it was it was like a video, it was a text, and it said something like, imagine if China dropped bombs in America and whatever. I don't know if you guys ever saw the old one. And I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. Like, and then I started watching more Ron Paul videos, and then that was it. I was, I'm like, this is it. Now everything makes sense. Yep. I was going to ask, uh, you know, what your kind of origin story was or, like, what your tipping point was since, you know, like you said, it makes sense that um, being an entrepreneur, being, like, you know, having to self-promote <laughs> and... Yeah. um really being your own boss in a lot of ways kind of puts you more towards at least the free market perspective, but then um, kind of taking responsibility for your own health and your wellness yeah. and, but also promoting it in others and wanting to show others how they can do that too for themselves and not rely upon the government to do so, you know, just brought that. Yeah. I love it so much. I, Ron Paul. <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, so, yeah, no, first off, I, I, I think it's very, um, I think it's foolish to give the same people who can legally imprison you or steal your property or kill you, the only legal, the only legal entity that can do all yep. those things, the same powers to force me to do uh, things to my body mm -hmm. or you know, force me to do things that um, I may not want to do, right? I, I think that's mm -hmm. a dangerous precedent because 
they don't have to convince me they can literally, uh, they have the legal authority to, to hurt me, right? To force, so it's not really, and they don't really have a great track record, do they? I, I, this is the part that really confuses me. I wish people would just, I don't know, read, the, read a history book. They really don't have, uh, you know, the best uh, track record. That doesn't mean that they have bad intentions, although maybe they do, but it just means that they, uh, they shouldn't have that, that, that power uh, over mm-hmm. people. But yeah, it started with Ron Paul. It was Ron Paul. And then I went crazy with Ron Paul on YouTube. <laughs> and then because he referred to uh, the Fed, I had no idea what the Fed was. Um, I read his book and the Fed and mm-hmm. I got, you know, and then I started reading, you know, about Austrian economics and, and you know, what that means and Mises and, uh, you know, Lud- you know, and uh, Hayek. And, you know, I, I loved it all. I would say I was probably early on like hardcore, you know, maybe moving in the direction of anarcho-capitalists, like, yeah, get rid of all of the world and whatever. And then I watched uh, Milton Friedman. And that was, for me, like the biggest impact. Milton Friedman, huge impact over me. And um, I, I kind of balanced out, I would say, that's my own opinion. But I'm definitely kind of, you know, more towards that that style. You know, he was more of a minarchist, right? Small government. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's some pragmatic applications i guess some necessary evils to government and um and milton friedman i thought did a good great job uh explaining those things i watched uh, his series free to choose which i've probably seen now 10 times i recommend it all the time so and and that was that i'd say that was the biggest impact on on kind of you know my opinions and the, the lens that i view all of the stuff with but what's really weird is when you so i tell this to uh my friends and family members i say look here's the deal forget politics Forget all that stuff. Just learn the basics of economics, and that's all you need. Once you learn the basic basics of economics, it's really hard for them to bullshit you. Mm-hmm. Like you could see through all the other stuff if you just, you know, learn that. And uh, and then I'll probably send them like two or three learn liberty videos and annoy them, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. They probably need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and economics I, I, isn't that hard to understand, really, you know, <laughs> it, it seems that way, right? But yeah, they make it that way. I think the reason why it's, it's because good intentions. So, okay, it reminds me of the fitness space where people know the statistics that that most people fail when they crash diet, mm. right? It's like, First of all, an 80% fail rate in the first year. Past a year, it's like 95 or more. So you're basically going to fail if you crash diet. People kind of know that, but they do it anyway, right? Because it appeals to, to our need to like, I got to do something and this is my feelings and then I'll worry about it afterwards. And it's mm. really challenging to, to combat. Well, I think with economics, um, the intentions aspect of it is easier to sell than the actual effects, right? So it's mm-hmm. easy for me to sell, uh, we're gonna raise minimum wage, right? Because we want people who have or at minimum wage to make more money. Right. That's really easy to sell, right? Explaining what that really means and what happens from that is a little bit more challenging. And because the intention is to quote unquote help people, now if I try to explain the effects, it's easy to call me, oh, you just don't like to help poor people. You just want people mm-hmm. to not make any more money. So the whole good intentions selling point makes it really hard, you know? The, the best strategy that I've had with some of the stuff is to talk a little bit about the, maybe the origins or say things like, um, okay, so we raised minimum wage to $15. What if somebody's skills and experience are only worth $10 an hour? What happens to them, right? And then you kind of get them thinking a little bit, but it's hard. It's, it's hard to combat the, you know, the, like, the, like this bill that they were trying to pass, this bill back up, you know, whatever bill. So mm-hmm. I don't know how many more trillions of dollars. Like yeah. the name sounds incredible. You don't want to build back America? Like you don't want to help What's wrong everybody? with you? Uh, it doesn't work that way, you know? No. So it's, <laughs> It's hard. I don't, I don't know. I think they, I don't know, man. It almost feels like they purposely don't teach some of the stuff in school because it's almost like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's easier for us to, to get shit by you if you don't understand oh, kind yeah. of what's going on. 
Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. I definitely yeah. am of the camp where it's a little bit more nefarious, especially when you look at like the uh, Prussian school system um, and all they're doing, like what our public school sort of is um, based off of is the Prussian model where they were just creating soldiers and soldiers really like, you know, they're kind of slaves for the state. And so slaves for the state don't really need to know how to um, balance checkbook or turn their taxes. They really just need to be told, you know, know how to um, follow orders, orders, conform, do what they're told and be okay with it. Yeah. You know, one of the, the good, I get, look, there's a few silver linings to what's happened. One of them is that the education system, I think might have, have received a few fatal blows. I really do. I think a lot of parents saw because Mm -hmm. their kids are at home and they saw what the, what they were learning and what they were going Mm -hmm. through. Um, I think a lot of parents were fed up with teachers going on strike to continue to have these schools be closed. By the way, private school teachers were, were fighting to open. What does that Mm -hmm. tell you? Right. Yep. Um, A lot of uh, these mandates um, are forcing a lot of people to homeschool and just to take their kids kind of at. So, and then you have technology, which like, I don't know, to me, it's very strange. I think that we're going to see this, this huge change at some point because it's, I think the market pressures are too strong, but it's very strange that you, you take a college course and they make you buy a five, you know, a $300 book or $200 book for the class when you could send it to me. Uh, you could email it to me for pennies, right? So, and I can get that same information for free now uh, online. I don't even, I don't even need somebody to teach me. I can learn it mm-hmm. online. So I feel like that whole, the whole system now, the cracks are starting to get a little bit too big. And I've never seen so many people talk about or question, you know, the, the education system. So I think that's a good, I think that's a good sign. That, that, that's one good thing I can think of. I can't think of another one. But I think that's 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 one of the ones that's good. That's definitely one of the benefits. And people just waking up and questioning more generally. And uh, maybe a, a positive, something you said about uh, the fail rate for bad diets or crash diets. Um, so if you think about it that way, like people have been on a really crappy diet of um, kind of subpar health choices or health uh, yes. recommendations from the government and a, and a diet of restricting themselves from doing normal things and seeing people that they normally would. And, you know, it, it's, it's a psychotic and mentally destroying, I think, um, diet that people are on and it's kind of being force fed to them, but, um, you know, maybe, uh, we're in the first year. Well, I don't know, 2020, we're in 20, we're ending 2021, which is crazy, but I don't know, hopefully, you know, as we kind of get, keep going further, like the, the fail rate gets, uh, you know, a higher and higher percentage, but I, I think it's growing. So, you know, I want to say yeah. it's a positive. Yeah, we might, we might see that a little bit of fatigue setting in where people are kind of over it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, I, look, I understand health like it's differently than most people because that's what I do. And I remember when they started the, the lockdowns and everybody, we didn't know what was going on. So I was on board, like, not with the lockdowns, but rather isolate myself, Being stay away from my grandparents, you know, stay away from my grandparents. They're in their, their eighties. You know, my parents are in their sixties. So I was like, okay, let's all just stay away. Let's figure out what's going on. This was very early on. Right. Right. And my grandparents who they're, you know, my grandfather's uh, in his, they're both in their eighties and relatively healthy for their age. Not so obviously they're in their eighties and they were completely isolated and we have a big family. So I, I, I have, I'm a, uh, the son of immigrants. And we have, there's a huge, I have a huge Italian family here in the San Jose area of California. And my grandparents are always with kids and grandkids and all the time. Right. So they did three months of complete isolation. We would drop groceries off at the door for them and stuff like that. That was it. And we would do the, you know, the, the FaceTime, right. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Their health declined in three months. Like it, like it was three years. Like I saw my grandfather and he was before that gardening, moving, he had all, and he just, he lost 15 pounds. And my grandmother, um, she was not doing so well all because they were isolated, you know, mm-hmm. they were away from, and that's a fact, by the way, it's not my opinion. This is a, yeah. a 
the, the study right. will show it's incredibly important that human connection and, and contact for your health. They've done studies on this forever that prove that. And I saw it firsthand. It was really, really uh, difficult. I do hope what you're saying is true, that people are kind of like sick of it and over it. Like, all right, that's enough. Like, I don't want to do it the way you tell me anymore. But I don't know, you know, I, maybe because I'm in California. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like, I'm in like I'm in the devil's armpit with that. It's oh, this is the yeah. worst, <laughs> the worst place. You know, I I, did, I went to Arizona to do a talk to a group of trainers, and I walked around, went to the store. I'm like, it's like the pandemic's over. You come to California, mm. and it is like fear factory, man. It is, you got to everywhere wear a mask and watch out and talk. It's like so ridiculous. So that might skew my opinion. A little bit of what's going on. I I uh, I had a little bit of hopes when they were doing the recall on on Gavin Newsom, but he re, he won, which <laughs> never Shocker. underestimate the yeah never underestimate the the just how liberal California can be sometimes or or the voters yeah so um, yeah I don't know maybe I'm a little skewed I hope I'm a little skewed I hope you're right I hope we see like a maybe a red wave in uh, in in the midterms not because I'm a Republican but rather yeah. because they seem to be the ones talking more sense right now. So and they're better I'm on this. Sure that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I'd love a purple wave, but li the libertarian party doesn't put anybody out that, <laughs> that doesn't sound, you know, that they can get up there or, and the parties don't let them do that. They, yeah. That's the bigger one. I think. Yeah. That's definitely been a, been a problem. Um, and I definitely don't follow too much of the um, Libertarian Party politics because it, it's like, it's just, I don't even know. I hate party politics. And um, similar to you, I was like um, kind of looking for a political home, but it made more sense to kind of end up being like apolitical and, um, you know, not really thinking that any of these people should be in charge of us. And, uh, but um, yeah, I'm in Maryland. So it's like, very deep blue, but only deep blue in certain spots, but super, mm -hmm. like, super statist uh, mentality. But, like, so there is, sort of, like, I don't know. They were definitely told to be afraid of Omicron, so they're now afraid of Omicron. Yeah. Um, but they had just sort of started to relax and be people again, and I was loving it. Like, all the, you know, the laptop class I work with and work for, it's like they have no idea how the rest of the world is, like whether it's right outside their own, you know, little tiny bubble or literally like what's going on in other parts of the planet and how other countries are managing this in a very different way. And a, and a lot of in a lot of cases, a lot better than than we are. And, you know, we're supposed to be the land of the free. And yeah. well, I will say this. I want to give us a little bit of credit. The <laughs> founders constructed our government with so many fail safes and like roadblocks like you know what's saving our ass right now is that we have states mm -hmm. and we have the, the supreme court like if we didn't have that we'd be screwed right we'd be like uh like france or germany right now with the federal government just passed something and then the, that's it the states have to and there are no states we all just comply so that's good i'm glad we got that um you know it's really weird you said you know in some parts of maryland are deep blue and it may remember something this is very I, this is a very strange thing that happened in my lifetime, uh, relatively recently. The left went from supporting speech, being pro-free speech, being against big pharma. That was a big left oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Like, no big pharma. Yes. Yep. They, you know, very um, pro-freedom in those ways to, like, all of a sudden... Uh, you know, weird super weird they got like infiltrated like i, I mean berkeley yeah okay people used to protest at, at colleges like berkeley to to fight to be able to say what they want now if you go there and you speak and you're conservative or whatever you don't you know with the you know what they all believe over there they'll they'll shout you down or or possibly threaten you in, in certain, you know, that happened at Evergreen College um, mm -hmm. with, uh, what's his name? Um, Weinstein, Weinstein, I think his last. Yep. Yeah, really weird that the left, and both parties changed a little bit, but the left went crazy. I, I, I don't understand. I used to identify with them in some cases, but now they seem so unrecognizable. 
they're like the pro, um, you know, the, they're super pro status on all uh, senses. Don't talk, you know, we're going to ban your speech. We're going to force you to be, uh, you know, uh, to in, in, inject yourself with a vaccine or we're going to isolate you. Um, really weird. Uh, it's, I never thought that that would happen, but I don't know. I mean, do you guys feel the same? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Right? Like, even, even in like small examples of like being surrounded by like, so I guess a couple of different things. It's like, you know, live, I, I, um, kind of went down that six month, six months to become an anarcho-capitalist, uh, rabbit <laughs> hole when I was getting my yoga certification. And it's like, that was also during Donald Trump's maybe like first year. So it was, you know, seeing those people react and quote unquote resist Donald Trump and, you know, what they stood for and what he clearly didn't stand for and, you know, why they had to oppose him so strongly. And, um, you know, those freedoms, quote unquote, that he was taking away from them in any way. Um, so, you know, their harsh resistance to him and what they saw as his tyranny, which honestly, like, you know, it never really kind of happened. Um, as we predicted, it wouldn't, um, you know, seeing how that those people are the same people that like were pro lockdown and pro mask and are now pro mandates and are pro tyranny that is far beyond what they were even imagining Trump was doing to anybody. Especially. Yeah. It's just, yeah, you, it, wow. It's weird. It's really weird. You know, the, the roots of, progressivism are um, definitely control. The, the roots, mm -hmm. if you go look at the history of the party, it was, um, we are smart, we know better, mm -hmm. so we need to um, shape and mold society for a better utopia. By the way, this includes eugenics uh, was part of mm -hmm. the progressives. Um, they were the, you know, the, the KKK and the, the Jim Crow laws, right? So th there's always been that vein in yeah. there. But I think what's happening now is a is a brand of Marxism and Marxism, the philosophy of Marxism, it's very poisonous and cancerous. It's appealing uh, on its surface, especially if you lack. Especially if you don't feel stable in who you are, um, if you lack purpose and meaning, Marxism becomes a religion. Um, and it's got lots of promises that obviously, uh, you know, not only don't transpire, but actually cause lots of death and destruction. And so yeah. it's, it used to be the proletariat, you know, versus the bourgeoisie, right? The, the mm -hmm. workers and the ruling class, right? Mm -hmm. But really the formula is uh, oppressor oppressed and groups, collective thought, right? Uh, workers, right? But now mm -hmm. it's like, you know, black, gay, you know, women, you know, whatever, right? Any yeah. group that we can create. And then we have an oppressing group. So, and you belong, it doesn't matter what you did or what you think, right? Like we see now, mm -hmm. um, if, you know, you're white, right? You're, oh, well, that's, well, you know what your people did. Like, what do you mean my people? Yeah. <laughs> I'm me, it's not my people. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, know, you know, it's very strange, right? Um, so there's this breed of Marxism that seems to be, and I've even seen it in the fitness space a little bit. It, it's, it's like, um, Oh yeah. The, the body positivity movement has been twisted and warped. Yeah. And where they're, where they're saying that, um, fitness and exercise is the patriarchy. Mm. It's oppressive. It's not accepting, um, which is so, uh, wrong. It's actually the opposite. If you are severely obese and unhealthy, you're really not, loving yourself uh, but that's right. a, you know and, and honesty is part of of love um it's mm -hmm. not just like feeling good about mm -hmm. what you hear or whatever but it seems to be permeating and growing so now it's like um you guys are the are part of the oppressive group we are the oppressed which now has lots of value right so you have this kind of like you know what do they call it uh intersectionality well you know mm -hmm. i know you're black but i'm but I'm black and trans, therefore, you know, listen to me. And I have, yes. And so it's, it's, it's very strange. It's very interesting. And it's making people feel like they belong to something and it's, it's cancerous. And I think that's what's happening. And the, 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 
the Democrat Party has always been primed for that. Because if you look at the roots of the Republican Party, although they have their own uh, past and history, and they, they like to control people in other ways, or they actually, mm -hmm. at least they have a history of trying to control people in other ways, there's always that vein of leave me alone, you know, um, you know, let me take care of myself type of deal. So it's a little harder, but the Democrats were kind of primed for that. So you had some, yeah. you know, you, 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 it's permeated and it's growing. It's becoming part of their platform. It's really weird. It is so strange to me. It's so strange to me that um, we're using, you know, sexism and racism to fight sexism and racism, for example, for yeah, that's true. collectivism. Like nobody understands that, right? Um, Nobody understands that the individual is the smallest of all minorities. Like, if you want to solve all, like, if you want not solve, I don't think you can ever solve, but if you really want to make the biggest dent, here's what you do. Respect the individual. You've just covered every minority, every group, mm -hmm. every, it doesn't matter. As long as you respect the individual, that's it. That's the bottom yeah. line. It, mm -hmm. it, uh, you know, not, it doesn't matter from there, basically. So uh, it's, it's, it is interesting. And I don't, I don't know how it's going to change. I really don't. What I'm hoping doesn't happen. Okay. You want to hear my fear? Here's my fear. Yeah, go ahead. My fear <laughs> is that this extreme left, strange push, this wokeism is going to cause a re extreme reaction from the right. And here's why I'm afraid of the right. Yeah. The right has patriotism. So it feels good. They have they they uh, they 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 have the guns, and um, that can be very dangerous. The left can also be extremely dangerous, but the right, if they that reaction, that'll sweep because it sounds and it feels better because it's patriarch. I'm talking about the, you know, if we were going to do like the the dysfunctional, um, you know, bad side of the right, I'm afraid of that reaction. Some people thought that was Trump. I don't think it was. I think Trump was the, I think Trump was the, the, the monkey, the wrench in the, in the machine. That's what I think. I think people just threw the wrench in there. All right, let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people uh, think things started with Trump, but I really think it started way before. I would I, almost say symptom. I think that, um, I mean, you could say Obama was that, but I think Obama was in a reaction to Bush. And I think Bush is where we start seeing like us chiseling away our rights for fear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've done it forever. I mean, if you go back to like the, every, uh, many of the wars that we've been into were mm -hmm. you know, because we have, we, we need public opinion. It, they do the, the propaganda machine, right? They want to get public yeah. opinion. So like with Vietnam, you had the Gulf of Tonkin incident never happened. Right. But, but everybody thought it did. And so we were infuriated. Yeah. Let's go in there. And then, you know, we support, um, you know, going into Vietnam. Um, so it's always been like that. I agree. Bush was terrible. I, okay, Bush was pure evil to me. Yes. Obama was twice as dangerous. And here's why. People are like, what do you mean Obama's more dangerous? First of all, Obama was Bush on steroids if you look at his policies. Okay, oh, so. Yeah. And he was the handsome that, yeah. and black, which is what they were looking for. as a minority to be the leader. So he's handsome, a handsome black man who was well-spoken, well-educated. He had fit all the checks on everything super super charismatic yes super like like bush like he couldn't get away with as much as everybody mm -hmm. loved obama but obama did the exact same policies <laughs> but worse than yeah. bush did he, i remember when senator obama because i voted for obama the first time this was before i figured things out it was part of the reason why i went wait a minute i remember as a senator he railed against the patriot act he Talking about they, they're going through our emails without due process, uh, um, NDAA, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The National Defense Authorization Act railed against that. You know, they're going to they can take people without due process, imprison them forever without whatever. What does this guy sign as soon as he gets into office? The same two things. He signs them. The same yep. two damn things. I couldn't believe that he would do that. And everything else was the same. The wars. I mean, there was no difference. You know, it's funny. Trump was the most anti-war president we had in I don't know how many decades. How, yeah. how funny is that? Wild. People totally think he's the most, the guy didn't start, and by, that's a low bar, by the way. Like, yeah. not starting a war makes you the best, most peace yes. president over there. Yeah, really low bar. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but, and when you think about, than, oh, sorry. Right? No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, when you think about like how bad our education system is, I don't know if you guys remember this, 
Um, but under the Bush administration, he had the no child left behind. And um, that basically means that everybody's going to move at the pace of like the slowest child. So I think that we can probably credit Bush for why we are seeing this next generation of people growing up with like with no critical thinking skills. <laughs> yeah, it's again, it's it's feel good laws. Um, mm -hmm. And we don't look at the we don't consider the consequences. So it's it feels good. right? Nobody's going to be left behind. Right. Yeah. But yeah. at what cost and what are the consequences um, of those policies? Um, and now we're seeing it like times 10, right? We're seeing now that they're changing standards because they're racist somehow. Or, um, you know, uh, let's eliminate tests because yeah, mm -hmm. kids, kids can't deal with it, right? So we can't, they can't That's deal with it. racist. Yeah, yeah, math is racist. Yeah, there's that too. I mean, it's so crazy. And, and then we wonder why, you know, you, you, you own a business and you hire a 20 year old kid and you tell them, you know what, you didn't do good on this, redo it. And then they cry and you're like, what? Why? Oh, I know why. Nobody's ever told you that you sucked at something in your entire life. <laughs> That's great. It's all this need to avoid pain, whether it be psychological or physical. And that's one of the things I think like you we were talking about earlier with exercise is getting over that fear of pain and, and working through it. And that's what we need to learn how to do if we're going to move forward. Yes. And also it's, it's the relationship to those things that's important because um, if you, if you exercise because you hate your body or you hate yourself, okay, which is what a lot of people do. Most people. You're not going to be, it's, it's never going to work because at that point, exercise is a punishment and the pain is punishing me for being fat, right? At some point, I don't want to be punished. I'm going to rebel. I'm going to stop doing it. Um, same thing with diet. This is why people don't go off a diet and just go back to normal. They go off and they binge, right? So they're like rebelling against yeah. that. You, ha you have to do it because you care about yourself. So you're treating yourself like someone you care about. So I'm doing this because I love my, I, I need to care for myself. Now, caring for yourself doesn't mean it always feels good, right? Just like raising kids. I have kids. I care mm -hmm. about my kids more than anything in the world. I often make decisions that make them unhappy for them. I, act, I often have to do things with them that they're not happy about, and I can't be their friend right now, and sorry, you can't go out, you know, tonight because it's too late or whatever, and they're upset, and they're not going to like me. I got to do it. I can't always give my kids cookies every night. I know that would make them smile, but it's also not good for them. So if you treat yourself that way, you start to, and through exercise, through eating, you start to develop that relationship with those things. And, and so then, okay, things, it doesn't make things less hard in the sense that you still feel the pain, you still feel the challenge. It changes them though. It changes the, the, the it frames them differently. And uh, I forgot what, uh, so my I, I, good friend, Arthur Brooks, are you guys familiar with Arthur Brooks? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course you are. So I'm sure you watched his uh, his documentary, The Pursuit. Did you guys see that? I haven't. No, but, I haven't um, seen that one. I'm just not so a good documentarian. <laughs> so Arthur Arthur Brooks did a documentary, a pro free market documentary, but from a, it reminds me of Milton Friedman from a like I want to help people. This is mm -hmm. what's best. It's so good. I don't think you can find out Netflix anymore because Netflix doesn't put anything on there that makes sense anymore. So. I think you have to rent it, but I highly recommend it. But I talk to him often. He's a friend of mine now. And after challenging events, there's this post-growth that can happen. But in order for it to happen, you have to, you have to be able to process the, the challenge and the pain and go through and grow from it, right? Well, you have to have a, a, a good relationship with struggle in order to do that. You're always going to struggle. But you have mm -hmm. to have a good relationship with struggle for that to happen. I think, I know, working out and the, the proper way to do it and the consistency and when you do it for a long time helps with that practice. It's not the, mm -hmm. it's not the answer, not the whole answer, but it is a great tool um, in that direction. So, and, you know, I said this earlier, I actually read a study. When people start working out, you see their political views start to move more to the right. Now, when they say the right, what they really mean is pro-liberty, right? Yeah. Yep. But they start, you start to see, and this is also, so I don't know if you guys have seen this. I've seen articles, they share, people share them with me, obviously, because of my podcast. 
they'll send me articles like um, uh, build, why building muscle contributes to toxic masculinity or why, you know, raising your testosterone makes males more toxic or, yep. you know, working out is just is uh, an oppressive tool of the patriarchy or whatever. And I know why they're doing that. It's because they're seeing the studies and they're showing like, oh, shit, if people work out and get in shape, they're going to be more liberty minded. That's what I think. There's my conspiracy theory for you for today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's definitely like heading towards your industry, but I think like you're definitely more than prepared enough to handle that and, uh, you know, yeah. combat it as it hits. Yeah. The, the fitness and health space is um, we're, we're, we're hard to crack with that. Like if you, um, if you listen to or talk to any kind of influencer celebrity types, the ones in the fitness and health space are the most vocal against uh, these, uh, you know, vaccine mandates um, and some of these other mandates because it has to do with health. So we, you know, take our own health and our own responsibility. We don't trust government because we've seen what they do. So, and we're healthy, so we don't feel like we're at high risk, but also because we're, we have, we take, we have more belief and personal responsibility. So you see that, you see that right now, if you go through, social media it's the fitness and health people that are the the ones and the wellness people that are ones saying no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that exactly no definitely makes sense to us and um i think there's probably plenty of people in our audience that would like to find you in your space and you know kind of um maybe either continue their own fitness journey or perhaps pick it back up because the government shut it down. Me, I'm trying to get back to the gym. Um, and so if anybody's listening and kind of obviously is like what they've heard, uh, where should they come find you, Sal? So the podcast is Mind Pump. You can find it anywhere. We focus mainly on um, health and fitness, uh, but we do put an entertainment twist on it just to make it fun to listen to. We do cover some current events, and you will hear a little bit of this come out on the podcast. I got to hold it back though, because <laughs> we're a health and fitness podcast and my producer right. will throw something at me, <laughs> but every once in a while you'll hear a little bit of this come out, but it's mostly health and fitness. And it's, um, and my co-host and I have been trainers and coaches and have owned gyms for, you know, over two decades. And when we talk, we talk, we're talking to the average person and we're talking to about human behaviors. Uh, we look like meatheads, but we're not, I promise. Um, so yeah, mind pumps podcast. And then if you want free information from us, you can go to mindpumpfree.com and then you can read some of the free publications and stuff that we've made. Very cool. Yep. And, um, also like, uh, my brother wanted to me to mention that he's had like clients of his or, you know, people that train at his gym, you know, check out your program. And I think, is there something like that they, people can purchase or, um, like an actual program to subscribe yeah. to or something? Yeah, so we put together workout programs. Uh, one of the biggest issues we saw with the fitness media space were, were the workouts that the average person was buying and doing. They're just, they're not effective. They're, they're inappropriate for most people. They cause more problems. And we explained this all in the podcast. So we, we, we constructed and put together workout programs for different people and different goals. Uh, they're called MAPS. Um, and if you go, if you listen to the podcast or you go, you know, on our website, you'll find some of them, but I suggest just listen to the podcast. We give so much free information. And then from there, it'll help direct you on kind of the next step. And if that means you invest in one of our programs then you'll have a better idea of which one will work best for you. Perfect. Yep. We, uh, look forward to sending people your way and, um, staying in touch with you and kind of, uh, you know, just see what happens there. And, um, of course great memes so just please keep those up <laughs> thank you so long as i don't get shadow banned by instagram oh. I keep shadow banning oh we're definitely yeah. shadow banned right now we're, ba we're banned right now <laughs> yeah great. so on that note um <laughs> again anybody listening who maybe checks out our podcast more than they check out our instagram page yeah like we said we're we're currently shadow banned so good opportunity and a reminder to follow our backup at girl foxes who nap um but otherwise, you can always find us on Instagram. We're both active on Twitter, Vixens Voluntary and Voluntary Vixens. We can go both ways now. We got both yeah. domains. Um, <laughs> I know that was a weird struggle that we had to go through. But um, yeah, so everybody listening, Sal included, have a wonderful Christmas.
Christmas, a uh, wonderful holiday, happy new year, all the good stuff. Um, spend it with the people that mean the most to you and Bixies, uh, we'll catch you next time. But in the meantime, keep it sane, keep it peaceful and keep it voluntary.